Hello, you're listening to Yarns from the Plain, a podcast for knitters, crocheters, and anyone who loves to play with yarn. Welcome to this week's episode of Yarns from the Plain, Snatched Moments. How are you? I hope you're all well. Um, Welcome back to returning listeners and any new listeners who've joined me today. Hello, welcome, good afternoon. Pull a pew, find something to work on. Grab a drink, make yourself comfy. I'm going to say right up at the front here, This episode is called Snatched Moments because literally I am recording this in a snatched moment. And because it's a snatched moment, and because I think my week is going to be made up of these, I suspect that there's not going to be a great deal of editing. So unless I have a major coughing fit or a complete mental blank where I forget entirely what I'm talking about mid-sentence, which I have to say isn't entirely impossible um, then there's not going to be a great deal of editing of this and I'm going to apologise now in advance there's probably not going to be a great deal of um, photos on the show notes either Um, but I will put links up to Ravelry project pages where they exist and um, that will hopefully sort itself out now today is Tuesday I think Tuesday yeah Tuesday August the 6th And those of you who know that I'm a teacher will be sitting there going, well, why on earth are you talking about snatched moments, woman? You're on holiday. Well, yes, I am. And this is the one full week I have at home uh, this summer to dedicate for housey things. So I have hired a skip. uh, And I am in the process of turfing out the office Because, quite frankly, our filing system in the last few years has, um, well, it's left a lot to be desired. Um, I think it's along the lines of, oh, goodness me, what should we do with it? I don't know. Let's put it in the office and we'll deal with it later. Well, later has now arrived. And by golly, is it biting me on the bum. Um, So I have snatched a moment from when I should be sorting it. And when I should also be wading through the pile of ironing, which is resembling the north face of the Iger at the moment and um, I've decided instead to sit down with <laughs> with a latte and the Ashford Traddy and do a bit of spinning and speak to you because quite now, right now, I need a bit of sanity. I need a bit of fibre sanity and I need you, my dear listeners. <sighs> anyway, it's only a little skip. Uh, It arrived yesterday morning, it's now probably a third to a half full, um, and I'm still going strong. I haven't yet got to the back of the office, but I have reached um, the point of the wall where the radiator is, so I've cleared all the boxes of those in front of those. So we, you know, progress is being made, but um, I'm in in school at work tomorrow, and um, meeting a new colleague, and I can't work out that I'm going to get much done tomorrow and the skip 
I really want, was supposed to be out Friday morning um, and the skip being returned Friday. I mean, the skip will be returned on Friday because I need the drive back come the weekend. But um, I don't know that I'm going to get to the back of the office. The The whole point of clearing it out was that it. I, I was told I could have it as a craft room. Now, bearing in mind, it is what used to be the garage. So, you know, it gives you an idea. You can fit a a standard small car in it. I don't know that I could fit my Focus in it, but, you know, you could definitely fit a Fiesta in it. Um, and I was told that if I cleared it, I could have it as my craft room. So I'm valiantly trying, but I can't see that it's going to get done in this week. Um, and it has got to that point, you know the old saying, you can't make an omelette without breaking eggs? Yeah, well, I've got to that point where it actually looks messier than it did before I started, because everything's in the process of being turfed out. I've got to check every box um, because obviously if there's any sensitive data um, that needs to be shredded um, and uh, because I have data in my planning files and then at the end of every year they get taken out and replaced with the next year's planning um, there sometimes is data in there so I've just got to go through every box um, and sort that out so it's all a bit <laughs> It's not quite a case of just heaving every box and going, well, do you know what, I haven't looked in this for three years, so let's just chuck it. Um, although I am fast approaching that point. <laughs> you know that sort of certain level of crazy? Yeah, I think I might be reaching it. So anyway, I have, like I say, I've snatched a moment to talk to you, to spin, uh, and to have a cup of coffee. So let's see, sort of, let's try and catch you up. Um... I think I last spoke to you around about the 21st of July-ish, 20th, um, just before the end of Tour de Fleece, but I didn't get it up for a week. So, um, at that point I hadn't knitted since I'd finished the shawl, um, so on the Sunday I finished up Tour de Fleece, and I actually put a photo in the show notes and detailed everything that I did, everything I spun and that I applied over Tour de Fleece. So that was all up in the last episode's show notes. Uh, and then I think that... I think possibly the Saturday night, after I spoke to you, I actually went and got some of my early-ish hand-spun. Certainly it was spun on the wheel. It was one of the first, you know, sort of three or four things I spun on the wheel, I think. Um... It's Twinkle by Pick Perfect's um, Fluff and Stuff. And it's got Merino in it and it's purples and greens and there's some uh, Angelina or Firestar, I can't remember which. Uh, and it's very nice. I think the colour is Highland um, because I think the sort of the greens and the purples are supposed to put you in mind of Tartan, I think. Anyway, it's absolutely lovely. I spun it with a Liesel in mind um, because I was such an inexperienced spinner um, and didn't keep checking my wraps per inch as I was spinning my singles. I thought that to get a Aaron to chunky weight, I would need to put f them together as a four ply, and I did, and I got sort of something very bulky. Um, and bearing in mind there was 400 grams, I only had about sort of 280 um, yards, so it's quite tightly spun. There's not a lot of loft in it. Um, so I didn't know what to do with it for ages. But I finally decided that I would give it a try as a Liesel and just maybe go for a short one. Um, now that I've lost weight, I don't need to make 
quite such a big one in the chest uh, as I have in the past. So um, I'm hoping that we maybe sort of go somewhere with that. So I cast that on, didn't do very much on it, I have to say, and um, haven't touched it in probably the best part of two weeks now. So because then I got a real touch of startitis all over the shop. I um, have knit two cowls in the last um, two weeks, well, just under two weeks. They've been test knits for um, Auntie AP of the Knit Spin Cake podcast. Um, she was she put up a, a pattern for testing on the free pattern testers web uh, forum on Ravelry. And I've not really done any pattern testing before, but she'd also put a call out on her own group pages. So I thought, since it happened to coincide with my holidays, I would um, have a little look at it and have a little go. So that's what I've done. They were really quick and easy um, cows. So um, I did one and then did a second one to sort of uh, try out a suggestion that um, two or three of us had made about a, a slight change and tweak to the pattern. So they're done, all using stash yarn. Um, I used some Lana Grossa Luxor, um, which is now discontinued, and some of the Cezia um, um, Eco Lana um, wool and alpaca mix that I made my big pinwheel from. Um, so I used a cream one of that and the Luxor, which is a sort of shimmery almost kingfishery blue um, so but of course wasn't thinking straight when I grabbed that because the pattern was supposed to be for DK weight and of course those are both Aran weight so you know I didn't fret too much about it um, sort of did it and then for the second one I grabbed some Rowan pure wool DK and some fibre spates DK that I had from a sock club that I joined, oh gosh, possibly 2007, yeah, 2000, yeah, 2007, and um, I made a couple of the socks out of it, it was one that was sort of a, a, a special offer through Simply Knitting magazine, but I discovered really that I'm not over fond on socks in a DK weight, they're kind of good for boot socks, um, but a lot of them were um, toe up as well, which I'm not, I'm not, uh, it's t I'm not quite yet, so, or I certainly didn't at that point sort out a um, short row heel that fitted me properly, so, uh, and I was still learning about socks at that point, so I was still learning about knitting, full stop, let's say, in 2007 I was kind of really discovering how it all worked and fitted together, so, so I've knit those, um, and I'm also, I've I cast on, um, at the back end of last week, for another test knit for a sock that's got some interesting travelling cables um, using colours. So that's quite that's quite an interesting one as well. So that's been um, that's toe up as well. But you know, I'm going for a out of interest because I think it would be it's you know I need to spread my my sock experience. I haven't done a sock. Do you know why I haven't knitted a sock? I haven't worked on a sock really. Um, for nearly two years, when I was in America, um, and the medallion socks, the um, green ones that I finished off that had been in the works in progress pile for a long time, that was the last 
sock that I done. I haven't done a sock since. So um, I really need to get some on the needles because they're going to be ideal holiday knitting. My holidays involving quite a lot of train travel. So socks to me, nice plain socks, seem quite a good option because I can look out of the window, but I can knit a lot. So uh, so there you go. So that's what I've been knitting. In terms of spinning, um, I went and rummaged around in the stash and found a very brightly coloured rainbow braid that's actually had a bit nicked out of it. I nicked, um, it looks like I've nicked the orange. It goes from pink through red, then there's a, a gap in it, a hole where I've visibly pulled them out. Then it goes yellow, green, blues and purples. So I would guess that that's probably an orangey section that I pulled out and I would imagine I probably pulled that out um, when I was carding up some oranges to make my rainbow liesel. Um, so I'm going to have to sort of blend the reds and the, the yellows with that. But I'm actually, I've not separated the braid out. I've pulled it out to fluff it, um, but then I'm spinning it all in one continuous thing because I want to chain ply it. Um, to keep the colour progression, because I think that would be quite a fun um, scarf. So I'm going that. I'm going quite thin on that. Um, it's by Crafty Koala, I'm sure, but the the band is missing. I can't find it. Um, presumably that came off when I was rooting around pulling the orange out. So, but I'm I'm almost a hundred percent certain that it's Crafty Koala, um, and that I got it at Wonderwall in probably two thousand and nine probably uh wonderful whales so that's kind of a right, right shot of color and then that's that i'm working on that on the joy and then on the traddy which i'm working at the moment i'm actually sat here bearing in mind it's quite quite warm today not as warm as it has been in recent um weeks but it's quite warm and i'm in the conservatory and i've got a huge bat of carded jacobs on my lap all rolled up like a gigantic furry sausage uh, it's light grey Jacobs and um, I got it from Shearer Girl Yarns at um, Fibre East last weekend so it's um, I'm sort of spinning it up with it with a sort of hopefully it will come out as an Aaron ish when I ply it so I've got one bat that was about 200 and 60 grams um, of a, a lightish grey but there's some white bits in it as well and then there's a really dark grey and I bought that one as well and she was doing a show offer with two bats for £10 um, which was a bit of a bargain really so um, there's you know around about 500 grams ish of fibre and the idea is I want to sort of have one light ply and one dark ply and sort of get a really nice marl effect, that's the plan um, it's not drafting out of the, the bat really smoothly. Um, so I think what I'm going to end up with is probably a sort of a hairyish yarn that's going to be great for an outer jumper, but not next to skin soft. But I don't think I ever would have considered Jacobs as next to skin soft anyway. So, um, I'm not unduly worried about that. I think part of the problem is that I really should have unfolded the bat. I'm kind of treating it like a, a giant... I'm pulling at it from like a giant row lag, but not on a long draw technique, because obviously I couldn't do long draw on a row lag that's 260 grams. Um, but 
I couldn't actually find it's been compressed slightly where it's been folded and, and put in the bag and I couldn't actually find where to unroll it from it kind of stuck to itself so but it has been very hot and it has been sat in the car for a little while so it's not you know if, if it's possible for carded fiber to felt to itself in warm weather um, this possibly has done it but saying that I've just found a bit from the center of the um, the bat and it's pulling quite smoothly so you know I'm not unduly worried by it I'm just going to spin um, you know for the pleasure of spinning something natural and breed specific um, so those are my that that's sort of my little snatch of um, crafting of what I've done recently um, I've also um, cast on a Dorothy crochet cardigan um, which I'm knitting in sublime um, machine washable merino DK um, which I bought with um, or at least I put my money for my um, from my prize winnings um, as discussed in the last episode I put that with um, towards it the shop that I buy it from um, Green's Furnishings they they were the ones that gave me the gift vouchers um, for my prizes they were always a furniture shop so you know they did sell upholstery fabrics but that was it um, in the last five years or so they've gone into um, sort of craft supplies so they have craft kits the kind of things that Groves and Banks supply um, and you know sort of basic haberdashery a bit of ribbon and stuff like that but then about three or four weeks ago they actually became a um, sublime and Sirdar stockist so um, I was able to put it to that so the pattern is um, Dorothy it's a crochet cardigan with a little collar it's by Amanda Perkins from the Natural Dye Studio and I do love her crochet garments um, she's taken the decision that she's not going to actually publish any more patterns of crochet garments she likes making them for herself but then the grading involving it, involved in it um, she feels she's not I don't think she's getting necessarily the um, payback in terms of sales from them that she was possibly hoping um, if, if um, I read her blog right which is a shame because I actually really like them um, but it, I'm doing that and it's in a raspberry pink um, I think mum would have preferred me to go for something softer and lilac-y but they didn't have enough balls of the um, baby merino uh, superwash merino DK um, although saying that I seem to be getting more than I seem to have got more than 10% of the cardigan done with one ball which is quite good because I was I kind of thought I'd need twelve and so I got thirteen by mis you know to be on the safe side and it could well be that I might well get it done in in about ten so which is encouraging um, but there we are they offer a ten percent discount if you get more than ten balls um, so with that and then my my winnings um, I didn't pay too bad a price for it at all. So it's all sort of all very exciting. That's all sort of crafting. I've had knitting, I've had crochet, and I've had spinning on the go. Uh, no weaving, but that's you know that's quite enough, really, isn't it? So I mentioned Fiber East. Um, 
I popped into Fiberista. I, I ended up leaving um, later than I'd originally hoped for. So um, <laughs> I was tackling the ironing mountain again at that point. It was one of those moments where you spend two hours ironing and actually all you have at the end of it is just three items to put in the wardrobe because the rest of it, as you're ironing it, you realise that it's been in the ironing basket for so long that you now no longer fit in it. Um, fret not. This is planned weight loss. There's nothing wrong. Don't worry. Um, so um, I actually sort of gave a lot of the things there a light press and then put them in the charity bag. Um, but, you know, three items back in the wardrobe for two hours worth of ironing was a bit dispiriting, really. Well, no, it wasn't. It was very encouraging in one way, but... You know, I would have liked to have made more progress in actually things that I need for the holiday. <laughs> but never mind. Anyway, so I left a bit later than I planned. So I didn't arrive down at Fiber East until just after two o'clock on the Sunday. So I literally, um, because I'd said I'd be at Mum and Dad's hopefully around about four-ish. Um, I literally kind of scampered around at 90 miles an hour. Um as I was leaving, some of the organisers just fell about, or the, the stewards fell about laughing and just looked at me and said, have you, have you got enough now? And I did say to them, I had heard my mum's voice in my head. Um, what tends to happen with shows is I tend to take a cash budget. Um, I do have an emergency, you know, credit card with me because I have my purse with me. But the idea is I take my yarn budget as cash. And when it's gone, it's gone. Uh, and I did say to them that I had heard my mum's voice in my head as I'd been going around going, just because you've got the cash in your pocket doesn't mean you have to spend it. Um, I would like to say in my defence, actually, to those ladies, that one of the bags actually had some knitting projects in it um, that I'd taken with me, so it was already full when I arrived. Um, it wasn't just uh, all my purchases. But I did, I did seem to do a considerable bit of damage for the fact that I was in there for 67 minutes. Um, I'm trying to think now. Let's see Let's see if I remember. I can tell you that I bought one skein of yarn, and it wasn't British. Um, but I did say at the beginning of the year that that was my caveat, is that, you know, something really nice in a show, if I really wanted it. And it was from Knitting Goddess, and they have... Um, she's developed a striping sock yarn. So I bought lime green and black because I thought that would make a really nice, um, really straightforward plain sock to knit whilst I'm on my holidays. So that's it just it's just luscious. So it's um, uh, I think it's merino and nylon. I think. Um, and as I was explaining to her about my buy British. She did say, well, it, it had actually been prepped and spun in Britain. It might not be British fleece, but it had been prepped and spun in Britain as well as dyed, obviously, um, with them on the Isle of Wight. So, you know, I wasn't to feel too badly uh, about the fact that it wasn't, um, you know, British, 100% British yarn. So that was that. In terms of fibre, I bought the two bats of, two big carded bats of Jacobs, as I mentioned, um, from Shearer Girl Yarns, I bought some Polworth in black and pink from Long Draw James, and also two little baggies of Optim, which is a, a particular specific way of preparing merino, 
um, which I keep hearing people talk about, but I don't know, I don't really know much about it. So those are in sort of bright, um, bright orangey yellows, I think, from what I remember. They're not with me at the moment, so I can't tell you if I'm doing all of this from memory. Um, I bought some Shropshire, uh, comb Shropshire top from um, the wool room. I bought oh, five little baggies of um, Throsters waste because I want to play around with some carding and I thought that would be quite interesting throwing in some carding. Um, I bought a little resin spindle with a, a flower set in the resin from Spin City. Um, oh, I bought some... Oh, I can't remember what it is. But I bought some fibre from Pick Perfect Fluff and Stuff. Um, the idea is that I'm going to try some fractal spinning with that. Um, so it's it's mainly darker colours. It's got blues. Um, but there is a flash of orange in it, so I thought that would look quite nice. So there's quite a few colours in it, and I'm just I haven't really tried any fractal spinning on something multicoloured. I've tried it on a couple of tones um, in some of the very first spinning I did on my wheel, but I haven't done anything with a, a multicoloured braid, so I'm quite looking forward to um, to trying that. And I think I think that could be it. Which is quite enough, really. But in mind that I don't need fibre or yarn. Um, yeah, I think I think that's it. I didn't go back to Hilltop Cloud, much as I would have loved to. Um, I controlled myself there and thought I'd leave some for somebody else. Um, Freylin was there. I didn't buy any of her stuff either because I've got a lot of hers that I haven't um, worked on yet. Um, so I think that, yeah... I think, oh, I bought some um, Nitpicks Carbons, which are their new circulars um, that use carbon fibre um, instead of wood or metal. So I'm using those on that sock at the minute. So it's quite, then they're quite, they've got a nice feel to them, I have to say. They're warm and they don't make the noise with metal that really annoys me. Um, so that's quite good. Um, and I went, and, and in the Texair, Texair, Texera shop, they were selling mill-soiled, um, undyed yarn, ready for dyeing, so I bought eight skeins of, um, a sock weight, with a, uh, well, I don't know, I've got sort of some ideas of things to do with it, but I'm not, I'm not quite sure, um, where I'm going to go with that yet, I've got some, got some possible ideas, um, playing around with some ideas anyway so I think that was sort of about it but like I say that was quite enough really I uh, didn't really need to buy um, anything really because I'd only just been to to Woolfest hadn't I in uh, June but it was nice to sort of see something else It's uh, it was held in a school um, and the school actually had a farm although I didn't go and see the animals but the animals we were there to be looked at and fed and they were selling some of the fleeces. Um, but I didn't go and have a, a look because, I, like I say, I wanted to scamper back off and uh, and find mum. Uh, of not find mum. Uh, get over to mum and dad's. So it was, 
it was very nice, but boy, can I inflict damage when I put my mind to it in a very short period of time. So, so what else? Well, um, I know a lot of people who um, seem to, to be on the Ravelry forums that I'm in and listen to the um, podcasts that I listen to seem to um, enjoy Downton Abbey. So, um, just a little um, bit to say that last week I took Mum and Dad to Highclere Castle, which is the location of um, Downton, or at least the external, a lot of the external scenes and the upstairs scenes, they're all filmed at Downton. The downstairs, the kitchen, is actually filmed in a, a film studio in Elstree, I think, um, because certainly the downstairs of Highclere is not set out like that anymore. Um, Highclere is the home of the Earl of Carnarvon and the fifth Earl of Carnarvon was the man who provided the funding for Howard Carter um, to explore um, a lot of um, Egyptian tomb sites and discovered the tomb of Tutankhamun. So a lot of the downstairs now in the cellars of what was probably at some point the, the kitchens and the storage areas um, is now set over to a fantastic Egyptian display um, down there so the the filming of all the downstairs scenes in Downton are um, off site but it was lovely, it was a really nice house actually um, and uh, I really enjoyed it, the gardens are lovely um, and we had a, a very nice time and I have to say that we came back that day and promptly sat down and watched the first six out of the seven episodes of the first season. Because I've not seen them since it was transmitted. So we spent an awful lot of time, Mum and I, going, Oh, look, I walked walk down those stairs and, Oh, look, look, we stood in that bedroom. So <laughs> it's all a bit, you know, it's terribly um, fangirly. But, uh, but no, it was lovely. It was really nice. Uh, didn't see anybody, obviously. They don't film it this point of the of the year I think they film in the off season um, so it was uh, it was really interesting if you ever do get a chance the tickets um, we booked our tickets back in February to go at the end of July um, because there are a limited number of tickets and they do advise you that you book because there are very few tickets available on a daily basis um, so we booked ours back in in February um, but I would say if you get a chance to go, go. If you if you like stately homes and if you like Downton, then it is worth going because it is. There's a lot of things that you recognise. Um, so that's really good, really good to see. And that brings me on to something I really like. Um, and I'm going to riff on a theme that I've riffed on before. Um, you listen to podcasts, right? You must be, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to me. And you know I listen to different podcasts. So my something I really like this week is a relatively new podcast. Um, it's called Stitch Together. It's hosted by Chrissy, and she is um, a British podcaster. She knits. She spins. Um, she has done all sorts of different um, crafts, including ceramics in the past. 
um, and it's a she's got a you know it's a really nice interesting um, podcast. She's five episodes in at the moment, and I've just been really enjoying it. Um, I listened to episode five yesterday. Had to smile because she um, she said she'd gone all fangirly. Well, you know, it happens to all of us, love. <laughs> it's not just not just the newbies. Um, so it's uh, it, it's well worth a listen. The one thing I would say is if you're at all squeamish about um, health issues, you might want to just be a little um, wary of the very first episode. Chrissy um, suffers from a particular condition that um, means that she finds it difficult at times to sit upright and um, spend a lot of time in one position. Uh, from what I gather, it certainly it sounds like the most um, extreme case of this condition that I've ever come across. I've come across one or two people who suffer from it in the past, and they've not been as um, debilitated by it, but uh, as Chrissy obviously is at the minute. Um, so if you're a, a, at all squeamish, she doesn't go into massive detail in the first episode, but she does actually outline um, the condition and the um, effect the condition has on her uh, and various bits of her body. So. Just as a little warning there, if you're feeling, a, you know, if you're a little bit squeamish and delicate about such matters, because um, I know not everyone, you know, really wants to hear that finer detail. But that notwithstanding, it's a really interesting um, podcast um, and she's learning to spin on a, or she has been using um, a rake straw spinner, which is very similar to my Mayan spinner, and also a Tibetan spinner. Uh, spindle which is a type of supported spindle which I've not tried so it's been really interesting um, listening to her talk about learning to use those and the the, um, techniques that she's using so that's stitched together um, by Chrissy and that's can be found on iTunes and I'll put all the links I will put the links for that in the show notes the other thing that I want to say is that um and I know I know if you've been listening to me for a long time, you know, because I've talked about um, Dr. Gemma in the Cognitive podcast um, before. Um, I really like Dr. Gemma. She's based in um, California and um, she is a psychologist, um, but she's had various other roles in her life um, before. And she speaks an awful lot of sense, which is great to hear I know that sounds really odd because you know most of us are actually a sensible bunch and you know I don't I have enough time dealing with people that have an interesting um, skew on the world that I don't need to spend time listening to people who don't talk sense I know that sounds really an odd thing to say but I talk enough nonsense myself I don't need to listen to anybody else um, talking nonsense but but Gemma is she's a sound she's sound as they would say um, in the area of Britain where I work um, but I have over the last few episodes have come to the decide that not only am I a kindred spirit of Gemma's um, and I hope she won't mind me saying this I'm beginning to actually seriously wonder if we were separated at birth um, any of you who know the sense that Dr. Gemma talks and the nonsense I talk will probably think, no, what are you talking about, woman? Don't be stupid. 
But she has a, a deep love of Shakespeare, which I do. She um, is constantly entranced, or seems to be, by people making discoveries, which I love, um, obviously. It's part of my job. Um, but I've also discovered in the last uh, three episodes or so that she used to shoot um, archery. And she had a bow for her 18th birthday. I, too, had a recurve bow for my 18th birthday. Um, although I have to say that having pulled mine out of um, dustiness um, a while back, at uh, some point at the beginning of the year, I was quite sad to see that the flights on my, or all the fletchings on my arrows had perished. Um, but I would dearly love to take it up again. Um, she was talking in the latest episode about um, how she's looking to perhaps go back to shooting a £35 bow. For those of you who've never shot um, with an arrow, uh, with, with a bow, then the weight of the bow um, is sort of an indicator of how strong you need to be to pull it and how much power it will um, give out. Now, I have to say, when I shot, when I was 18, 19, 20, 21, um, I was the only woman I knew who shot a 36-pound bow. Most of the other women that I knew shot 28, 30 pounds. Um, I have to say, I, I did weight train at that point, so I had a reasonable amount of upper body strength. I suspect that... Were I to try and shoot thirty-six pounds at the moment, um, it would be wobbling all over the place. I wasn't a fantastic um, shot as it was. I did get my university colours. I represented my university in competitions, but I didn't. Um, I, I really wasn't that fantastic um, because I wasn't always consistent. Uh, I've always had a problem with hand-eye coordination, and um, consistency wasn't great. But I suspect that it's like anything. Um, the more you practice, the better you get. And unfortunately, when I left university, um, even though there was a sports club with an archery club, and in fact with Olympic archers in it at my workplace, um, I lived 12 miles away and the timings were such that I'd have had to have gone home and then come back. So 12, 15 miles away. It just didn't kind of fit in with my social. Um, and I'm really gutted, actually, because I really would like to take it up again. Uh, and so with my husband, he did it for a little bit with me as well. And he said uh, he really enjoyed it. So the, our local club, there is, a, there is a club actually in the town that we live in, which is fantastic. But they won't allow you to go along and shoot until you've attended one of their safety courses, which run twice a year, uh, once in February and once in October. So we need to sort of look at, at getting that because, of course, they invariably coincide with the half-term holiday. Um, uh, when I'm often doing other things like going away uh, or seeing my parents. So I need to sort of re, you know, investigate that because I, I went and saw some of the archery at Lords last summer in the Olympics, really enjoyed it, and, and I really would like to go back. And now Dr. Gemma's talking about it, I keep, I'm sort of <sighs> thinking I really do need to actually. I need to do that. What I really need to do is I really need to win the lottery. I need to win the lottery and then I don't have to go to work full time. I can just sort of do little bits here and there. And then I've got all the time in the world for crafting and sorting out the ironing and dealing with the filing that gets me in this point where I am at the moment with the, the room 
that is now spreading all over the house that means I am in a case of chaos. You do know what chaos stands for, don't you? Can't have anyone over syndrome. So, um, that's kind of describes my house at the minute. I feel like the mess is everywhere at the moment, with the possible exception of the bathroom. Um, just You know when it just gets you down? So, of course, what do I do? Instead of following Dr Gemma's useful advice of spend an hour a day on something and then, you know, you will deal with it and you will feel more in control. What am I doing? No, I've run into the conservatory to spin and talk to you. So I really do need to follow Dr Gemma's sound advice, uh, pull my finger out and just deal with the difficult stuff. Um, But anyway, I suspect that that is the end of, or I've come to the end of a very rambly uh, episode. I feel it is an, a rambly episode, but um, I did want to get one out before um, I go on my holidays, which is very soon. So uh, otherwise, it would be sort of quite a while until I, I sort of speak to you. Uh, on the point of holidays, if you have any recommendations, I put up on the board recommendations for um, suitable train knitting. The um, overwhelming consensus was something where you can knit round and round and round in stocking stitch. Uh, the plain part of a jumper would be good if you have the room to accommodate that I don't really because I'm going with a rucksack um, other than that socks so it is kind of it's it looks like it's going to be socks um, much as I'd quite like to take a piece of lace with me I suspect that I'm not going to look out the window much if I'm trying to sort anything lacy out so um, so it's going to be socks um, I've got several long train journeys in the offing um, during the holiday the other thing I'd like has anyone got any um, recommendations of things to do places to go in um, the following locations because we're travelling around a bit um, we're starting off in Berlin we're then uh, in Germany we're then moving on to Poland and going to Warsaw and then to Krakow uh, one of the main reasons to go to Krakow is because we um, want to make a, a trip out to Auschwitz. It's just one of those things that I just feel I need to do. Uh, can't tell you why. I just feel that I, I want to. Um, from there we go on to Vienna and uh, then into Innsbruck. And we finally finish in Bologna. Now, out of all of those places I have visited Bologna before and that's why we've chosen to to end up there because we love Bologna haven't been back for nearly 10 years um it's within a a a comfortable journey of the Marinello uh, of Marinello and the Ferrari factory so that's for for hubby um although I don't mind it either um we went there um when we were there in 2004 and They've built a new Galeria, so um, it'll be interesting to see that. And it's just, oh, it's just really, it's a good place to chill out and relax. So, so that's that. But uh, the other places are all new. So if you have any recommendations of things to see, things not to miss, we've not got a huge amount of time in each place. So, you know, what are the top ten, top five? Top three things you think I should see. Uh, and obviously, if there's anything fibery, 
that you think I should go and investigate, um, you know, tip me the wing, Kay. Anyway, it's been lovely chatting to you and having these stolen moments. Um, really, I do need to now crack on and get back on nose to the grindstone and uh, crack on with what I need to do. So, thanks ever so much for listening. Until next time, take care. Bye. You've been listening to Yarns from the Plain. Episodes and show notes can be found at yarnsfromtheplain.podbean.com. Comments can be left there or at yarnsfromtheplain.blogspot.com or you can message me on Ravelry, where I'm Tales from the Plain. You can email me at yarnsfromtheplain at googlemail.com and you can also find me at Twitter, where I tweet as Tales from Plain. Go on, make yourself heard. <laughs>